Hello everybody and welcome back to 100 Years 100 Movies The Revenge. Today we're talking about a franchise, um, a franchise that is one of the most important franchises of the 2000s, um, of the last 20 years, um, and one that I admire but I'm not necessarily the biggest fan of, and that is Harry Potter and the shit ton of money. I'm sorry, <laughs> Harry Potter. Um, the Harry Potter movies are consistently good. Uh, I didn't grow up on Harry Potter like a lot of people did. I was already in college, um, or I think I might have been in high school when the first book came out. Um, and to be honest, I I kind of hated the first movie when I saw it. Um, like... I don't I mean, the first movie came out in 2001, that's Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone, and I mean, I was like 19, 20 years old, I, I definitely was not the target audience for this, I, um, yeah, I did did not care for it, um, having rewatched it though, I get why people liked it, and I really understand why people have an affinity to Harry Potter, aside from growing, growing up with them, I mean, um, I think Harry Potter gives us um a he a flawed hero who in the end you know um is you know better than than some of the heroes that we follow like um i, I guess i should i should back up a little so um the harry potter books there's seven of them they're, they're these huge literary things they're probably the biggest literary children's books um possibly since like frank l Baum and the wizard book the the oz books um or maybe uh, C.S. Lewis and Narnia, like, um, and if you're not familiar with Harry Potter, like, it's a world of magic and monsters and um, ostensibly all the stuff I like in movies, so I I don't know why I never really got my attention, and um, like I said, I think I just wasn't the right age when I saw that first movie, and, and it, I, it left a bad taste in my mouth uh, the first time I remember falling asleep a couple of times trying to watch it, and I was just kind of done with Harry Potter, and um, my introduction to Harry Potter really was this out of order thing. Like, and, and to be honest with you, you know, like usually I, I kind of like to rate these movies, but Harry Potter is like just this giant long story and, and not like Star Wars where it, um, you know, it's like these chapters, chapter trilogies. Like, no, this is like, uh, Harry from like age 10 to age 18, you know, or age 17. And each book is like a different year in, his in his school life at, at Hogwarts um and like I said these movies are 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 actually good to great there really isn't any bad ones and and I struggle to um um to rate them like I can say what my favorite one is and what I think is the best one like I mean my favorite one is um Prisoner of Azkaban um and I'll and, and that's just really because it kind of signals this perilous point in the series i think um it does something that um allowed this series to continue which is it allows harry and um hermione and and um ron to kind of grow a little like it's the first two movies are very much like kid movies and and it makes sense i mean harry potter is like 11 12 i think in those excuse me in those two and then um with uh Prisoner of Azkaban, things start to get a little darker and it starts to make this turn to, okay, like, we're, these kids are getting older, we're going to kind of follow them. And um, 
it does it in a way where it's successful as a movie. Like, I'm not saying that the books didn't do this well. The books are actually really well written. But um, from, well, from what I've been told, like I said, I've never, <laughs> I've never read them aside from a parody of the first one and some truly horrible fan fiction. Um, but, um, yeah, like, this to me, it, I think it's just, it does this really good job of keeping that, like, this is still for kids, but kind of hinting that, you know, it's kind of letting them grow up a little and, oh, like, some dark shit's about to happen. And, and I mean, the movies do get, um, not, like, extremely dark from here, but they get much darker from here. And, um, like I said, this to me, I think, is my favorite just because, um, well, first of all, it's directed by Alfonso Cuaron, who um, I also just kind of adds a different style to these movies because, like, the first two movies were directed by Chris Columbus and... Chris Columbus is, is fine, like, he's not, like, a terrible director or anything, but there's something really, like, flashy or, um, I guess, um, he doesn't take risks, or he doesn't do, like, crazy camera things, you know, like, Chris Columbus is great for kind of getting something done under budget and, and getting it, um, it's gonna be good, you know, it's not, he's not gonna shit, he's not gonna shit the bed, he's not gonna fuck it up, but he's, you know, he's not gonna be doing something where it's, like, a visual delight necessarily, although there's a lot of great effects in those movies, and, like, um, but I think Prisoner of Azkaban really kind of helps to kind of define the world a little, and, and, I mean, once, um, once David Yates started working on these movies, like, I think he really kind of ran with that, um, but, I just, I really enjoy it, and, um, like, it's just funny, because, like, after, like, it's, I think it's interesting, there's eight movies, two of them, I said, were directed by Chris Columbus, you get this one by uh, Azkaban, which is directed by Alfonso Cuaron, who I think was almost, like, it's, like, it's interesting they would even ask him to do that, because he hadn't really done anything aside from The Secret Garden, which was, like, really for kids, um, but, you know, I think it's a, an inspired choice, and, and, you know, he's a great director, and, um, you know, hey, anything that, that helps uh, Mexican cinema <laughs> along, you know, uh, fuck yeah. Um, and then, you know, they get Mike Newell with The Goblet of Fire. And then after that, it becomes like the David Yates show. Like he, from uh, Order of the Phoenix um, on to the next three movies, like he, um, Half-Blood Prince and Deathly Hallows 1 and 2, like he's the director. And he kind of allows for this uniformity for once these kids are like, teenagers which i think is kind of cool that you have this uniformity once it's the quote-unquote high school years for for you know harry and his friends um but like i said you know to rate these i think for me is kind of difficult because um as i said you know i'm not the biggest harry potter fan but i recognize that this is like a very important series to a lot of people and that this is technically speaking very well done um series and a series that really doesn't have any stinkers in it which is difficult for anything i mean shit it's difficult to do for like a trilogy let alone for eight movies um especially eight movies that are based on a series of novels that are beloved <laughs> you know like there, there's a lot of things that could have gone wrong with this movie with the this series and um this franchise and uh, harry potter avoids the majority of them which um is interesting it, it's something to be said for just the consistency of um of, of the work of the, these professionals i mean um i think you know of the three main stars like you know daniel radcliffe and like emma watson's obviously like she's the star of these movies she's like the best thing to come out of these movies and you know uh, she continues to do interesting stuff um in movies daniel radcliffe I, I mean i feel like everything post harry potter has been him just trying to um 
not be Harry Potter. And, and I don't mean that like, like he's just like, oh, I'm not Harry Potter. Like, fuck you. It's more like he's willing to take chances and he's done a lot of interesting stuff. Um, and then, you know, Rupert Grint, <laughs> much like Ron, just kind of hasn't really done anything. Um, but yeah, for me to rate these, I, I have a hard time doing it just because um, for me, it's just like a long story. Like they bleed into each other in, in, in a good way. I'm not saying it's, it's bad. I'm just, um, it, it is very, just, just an extreme, oh, what a 16 hour long, a 20 hour long movie at the, at the end of it. Cause all these movies are at least two hours. Um, but like I mentioned, you know, I'm not the biggest Harry Potter fan. Um, I watched the first one because like, fuck everybody watched the first one because, oh my God, Harry Potter's a movie now. And, and I, I didn't like it and like my friends would always try to get me into it and and one of my friends actually told me to watch Goblet of Fire because there's like um wizard there's there's like wizard tournaments and there's dragons and I was like oh that sounds kind of cool and then I watched it and I was like yeah I, I guess that was fine more than anything I was really confused having not seen the two previous movies um and then after that I didn't watch anything until um Harry Potter uh, and the Deathly Hallows the first one a uh, part one um because my well at the time my girlfriend but later my wife um she kind of forced me to watch this and like I didn't realize that she was such a big Harry Potter fan and I'm kind of doing this just because this was her favorite franchise like if she you know she wasn't about Star Wars she she liked the later some of the later movies you know and um like she was a big fan of Ray and 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 all that um and as I mentioned you know like she kind of grew to love the MCU and especially um like the Guardians of the Galaxy movies and like Iron Man was like her one of her favorite characters in those movies as well um but those weren't her franchises her franchise was Harry Potter and like she grew up reading these books um like she would kind of tell me why like these movies were so important to her and um I think part of that is the reason that I kind of want to talk about these movies just because um like I said you know I I admire what they did and I don't want to make it sound like I think they're they're like clo- like closetly like like I think that they're shit because I don't I think they're really well I just I don't have that connection that um, a lot of people do to these movies and and I think that gives me an interesting um, well not that necessarily like, like that I can see it but I, because I'm detached from it I can um, appreciate it for what for what they are and and like I said these movies I I think people love them for a reason. Um, like these movies kind of came out at the same time as Lord of the Rings, and at the time I think I probably liked Lord of the Rings better. But uh, to be honest, Lord of the Rings, uh, those movies for me are diminishing returns. Um, like I really enjoy the first one, which I know a lot of people don't like because it's talky and shit. But um, like I like the world building in that first movie, um, and then I watched the extended version, and, and that kind of killed it because that was like just too much. Um, and then I just kind of feel like the second one was like just kind of a big action movie and the third one was just way too fucking long and it should have ended like an hour earlier um but my point being that i think that this is like a much um more successful version of what lord of the rings is trying to do by trying to um take this literary world that has all these different um imaginative things you know everything from um hogwarts to something like diagon alley to um the creatures themselves like the hippogriff and and um, griffins and like um dragons and and everything and just the different like different uh, races such as like besides humans like you know like there's orcs and there's trolls and um 
there's uh, elves and 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 I think it's just it's really it, it's a really well realized world and I think a lot of that comes obviously from the books but I think it's a, the movies themselves just do a really good job um kind of studying that and from like from the get-go like kind of like I mentioned like the first time I saw um Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone which is the first of these movies I didn't care for it um having gone back and watched it I appreciate what they did and I think the biggest thing um, that they were able to do with these movies is much like Marvel is they got the casting right. Like the major roles um, are perfect. Like the main three stars, you know, Daniel Radcliffe and um, Emma Watson and Rupert Grint are just great as the characters that they're they're portraying. But I think also like um, oh, I can't remember his name, the kid that um, that asshole kid that plays um, um, uh Oh, I'm completely blanking on his name. The um, Malfoy, <laughs> the kid that plays Malfoy. Like I think he's really great as just like this snot nosed little prick. Even from, <laughs> I'm talking about a little kid here, but he he really nails that kind of a scumbag at, even as a little kid. Um, and one of the things that I kind of appreciated and and that continues throughout the rest of these movies, Tom Felton, Draco Malfoy. That's what I think of. One of the things I appreciate about these movies is that because you know, J.K. Rowling is British, and this is a British series of books, that you get all these great British character actors and um, just these great British actors in these movies. And, and on top of this, you get, like, Vern Troyer and Warwick Davis in, in this first movie. Um, I mean, hell, shit, John Cleese shows up as a ghost in this movie. Like, stuff like that, I think, is really cool. But um, not being familiar with the um, um, the source material and kind of feeling underwhelmed by the ending where he... Where Harry wins with the power of love? Question mark. Like I, I still don't understand how he's able to defeat <laughs> Professor Quirrell. Like it's to me, it's just like, all right, I guess magic? <laughs> Question mark. Like I, and even I think having seen the other movies later on, I was like, okay, it, yeah, it makes sense. But in that time period, I was like, what the fuck, man, dude? I don't know, man. Um, but like. Like I said, this is a movie, that, looking back on it now, that I appreciate everything it did. And it does this heavy lifting of making a kid's movie, setting up a world, and um, doing it successfully. I mean, two years earlier than this, we got Phantom Menace, which is basically doing kind of the same thing. And people don't look back on it fondly, but people definitely look back on, on this fondly. And I think this is a movie that I could probably show my daughter and she'd probably really enjoy it in like a year or two it's a little too long for her right now she's only five but i feel like if i were to show this to her she would really enjoy it um so then that's followed by you know harry potter and the chamber of secrets and i mean like i said i i watch these movies out of order which trust me do not watch these movies out of order because they make absolutely no goddamn sense if you may watch them out of order um because this is this is a this is a franchise wherein things that are set up um in earlier um, movies come back in later movies and if you don't know what the fuck they're talking about or if you haven't seen them like in my case you're like I don't know what's going on um, so like for example like there's the basilisk which is like the big monster in, in um, Chamber of Secrets and they need to use um, basilisk fangs to like destroy some of the horcruxes in some of the later movies and I was like what <laughs> so so yeah definitely don't jump around like watch these straight through um, just because it'll it'll flow better um but like I said, you know, this, these movies, uh, my wife loved them and she would just put them on all the time or if they were on, t like when they were on HBO, oh my God, like whenever they were on HBO, she would just put them on because for the longest time they weren't, I think actually they're, they're even on HBO now, but uh, they were available on HBO. And even though 
she had them on Blu-ray. She was like, oh, I'm too lazy to put the Blu-ray in, but screw it, it's on TV, we can watch it. So I've seen these out of order plenty of times, and um, I think kind of getting familiar with the characters and, and with um, the actors, I think, has kind of made them, made me enjoy them more, I think. But um, like I said, th these are movies that are just definitely well-crafted. And um, Chamber of Secrets, I think, is where they kind of start getting better, like, <laughs> in a way. Like, I enjoy this more than than the first one um except for dobby dobby is like extremely annoying in this and um like i knew about dobby because i'd seen some clips of dobby um when i saw like um deathly hallows and so when they killed the dobby i was like happy <laughs> and my wife's like on the verge of tears because they killed dobby and i'm like oh fuck yeah they killed that annoying like um that annoying character and she's like oh my god they killed dobby i can't believe they killed dobby and she was like devastated and i was like okay, yeah, I, I don't get it, but okay, um, yeah, like, people like Dobby, I guess, and, and apparently people do, <laughs> um, but I think even just as a, from a technical standpoint, someone like Dobby is really interesting to see in, in this movie, you know, and, um, that's followed, like I said, by Prisoner of Azkaban, which is my favorite just because it, it's able to kind of still be a kid's movie, but kind of progress things forward to where their kids are a little older, and they're able to, um, to make uh to make a successful movie and so kind of keep that tone where it's still appropriate for kids but it's getting to the it's kind of growing up with the audience um as as they come out you know and i think that was really um really interesting that they did that um having seen it back in, in retrospect and i mean this one's a little weird because they have time travel and they don't ever really go back to it at any point. I mean, whatever. I don't think it really matters. Although, um, <laughs> my brother-in-law hates this movie and basically gave up on these movies because of this one, this being his favorite book. And I guess something's different from the book. And he was like, yeah, I don't like this and stopped watching at this point. Um, but I really enjoy it. Um, and, and like I said, like each of these movies is basically these kids growing in, in a different year in school. Um, so there's, this whole idea with um like harry kind of going back and forth between family if i remember correctly in this one he actually um uh, he's actually with ron's family because his um his aunt and uncle who are the ones that care for him um are pretty fucking abusive towards them i mean they <laughs> they have him sleep under under some stairs and they treat him like shit um they and you don't really understand why they're like that towards him and, and you get to understand that later on with some of the later movies with um backstory with Snape and, and, um, Harry's mom, but, um, like, that's the other cool thing about these movies, I, I think, is that, that they're low-key, even though it's, they're about Harry Potter and these main characters, that there's these other characters that are just as important, such as Dumbledore, who was played originally by, by Richard Harris, and then later on by, um, um, oh, um, Mike, uh, Michael Gambon, after Richard Harris passed away, um, or, um, Snape, played by um, by Alan Rickman, who's just great in this as, um, <laughs> someone who who is friend zone to the point that even after the person he loves dies, he's still in the friend zone and having to take care of her kid, um, which is just a cynical. It's a cynical point of view, but I, you know, this movie, um, like, kind of starts showing some. I mean, and throughout you kind of see these things with Snape, and it's just interesting. And then you have this turn where you realize that he's actually been protecting Harry this whole time, and he's being duplicitous um, in order to protect him. And um, I, it's really interesting. And I'm kind of jumping around because, like I said, this is just one giant story. Um, but 
for me, like Prisoner of Azkaban, I think is really is really great. I think it really holds up. And um, Goblet of Fire, which is one of my one of my um, uh, best friends, like favorite one, <laughs> just because it's about like wizards and um, tournaments, and there's a bunch of dragons and shit like that. Um, I will say this. Um, this is the one with Robert Pattinson. <laughs> so you get to see, um, you know, young Edward Cullen in this movie before he was, you know, before he was Edward Cullen or young Bruce Wayne, since he's the next Batman. Um, and he, he looks like he'll actually be a good Batman. Um, I'm really looking forward to that, to that movie whenever it ends up coming out. Um, but I, I think people kind of remember this one because of that. And then of course, you know, he fucking dies in it, but, oh, spoilers, I guess, if you haven't seen these, um, and then I think this one just kind of continues that darkness, and then this is where you get the turn, where you properly get introduced to um, to Voldemort, who is kind of hinted at throughout these earlier movies, and then this is where he really um, um, becomes the big bad, you know, and he's back and uh, he's amassing his army of like evil evil magicians. Um, and like I mentioned, you know, there's just a bunch of great character actors that are in, that are in these movies. Like, um, I mean, Voldemort himself himself is being played by. Well, I think in the next movie because I <laughs> think you really see him in this one, but um, um, he's played by Ray Fiennes, and you end up getting people like um, Brendan Gleeson and um, David Tennant. Um, Emma Thompson and uh, Elena Bonham Carter um, as Elena Bonham Carter looking as the most Elena Bonham Carter magician, <laughs> which ever. <laughs> like she just, it looks like she just kind of walked up off the street and was in this, in one of these movies. Um, but like I said, these, um, this is like when they start getting um, a bit more adult because we're talking now about like teenagers and um, it's, you get to see these kids, these actors grow throughout these movies. <coughs> and improve and you know, and like I said, not even from the beginning they're they're pretty good, but um you know, you really get to see just all these interesting things that happen with them and, and um these movies always they they're always about other things that are going on. They're always commenting as well on um on society, like especially like I'm thinking um like in the Order of the Phoenix where um, you know, the kids are kind of teaching themselves magic because they are trying to, um, get ready for the inevitable battle that's coming up. And then especially like in, in, um, um, oh, I get these two, is it, I'm trying, I'm trying to remember if it was, if it's Half-Blood Prince or if it's, um, Order of the Phoenix where, um, they have the, the new headmistress who, uh, I can't even remember her name. She's like all in pink, um my my wife hated her <laughs> that's all i can remember um wow i i am really blanking on people's names in this um i mean admittedly there are like hundreds of characters in these in, in these movies um but um oh god i'm totally blanking on her name um oh wow i i am totally blanking on, on her name um Oh, well, it doesn't matter. Um, one, one of the head, the headmistress that takes over for, um, for Dumbledore and who, uh, is draconian in the way that, that she, she has like this whole, this whole demeanor of like, oh, I'm doing things for the greater good. And, and she's a tyrant basically. And I think that's really interesting that, um, 
J.K. Rowling <laughs> is able to write a character like that who is hateful um, and bigoted and has this veneer of um, being proper, you know, and it somehow makes it that much worse. And then after all these recently, I mean, I think it's interesting just based on the, the comments that she's made recently um, about trans people and how her transphobia, like she's basically just doubled down on it and has refused uh, to give in and to a certain extent. And um, I mean, it's it's sad because I think a lot of people look at these books and they see them and these these movies, they they grew up with these characters and they have this affinity towards them. And, and to be honest, um, I don't see anything like that, anything where um, it, it, within the, the stories, I mean, they, they seem to be very inclusive in that sense of, um, you know, trying to like, you be you and, and you do what, like, I mean, I guess even the fact that they're wizards and they have to kind of hide it from the larger world is almost... I mean, maybe that could be like, but it, it's almost like it's a community of people and it's not looked down upon um, by, well, maybe people that, you know, the um, people that are not wizards may if they knew about them. But um, it's just interesting, you know, that, that she can kind of come up with these, uh, um, these have these point of views now after after all these years you know um and of course it all kind of leads these movies all lead up to the deathly hallows who which for me are basically really just you know part one and two which they are just one big movie there's just one it's a five hour long movie you know i mean it's based on on one book and this is the time period where that was like the thing to do where you're just kind of breaking up movies into multiple parts because um you want to from an artistic point of view i guess if you, if i want to be if i don't want to be cynical you want to capture as much of that um, of that adaptation as possible, but if I'm being cynical, it's because, you know, it, may, it means more money at the end of the day. Um, and, and I think Deathly Hallows is, is great because it's, it does this great setup where um, it, it's the heroes at, at, like, their lowest, and everyone's turned their back on them, and, and then leads up to this giant fight, because the second movie is basically just a giant fight. Um, but this is also where you get, like, you learn about about Snape and why he did the things that he did, such as like betray Dumbledore and um, side with with um, um, with Voldemort, and he did it all for love, for the love of of, of Harry's mom, and uh, for the love of Harry too. You know, it's he's almost like his surrogate son in a way, and um, and 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 to be like, I am so committed to like save to protecting you that you're never going to know it until, like, he's dying, you know? <laughs> like, I don't know, it's something poetic about that, something very, like, gothic romance about that, which I really enjoy. Um, and, and these movies end on a, on a really hopeful note, you know? Harry is, um, he's basically given the Deathly Hallows where he can have the power of everything, and he, he destroys the Elder Wand, and, you know, he gives it all up because he'd rather settle down and have family, you know, and, and those are the things that are important to him. Um, these movies, like I said, um, they're not, I don't, I, they don't resonate with me on the same level as some of the other movies, but they still resonate. And I think even the fact that uh, someone like myself, who was always kind of opposed to really watching these and kind of had to be forced to watch, to watch them by my wife, um, 
like I see why she enjoys them and, and I know why they were important to her. Like, um, and they bring back good memories thinking about them, you know? Um, but the, one of the good memories that this brings back is, uh, so I grew up in, I, in, in Southern California and, um, listening to K, to K rock and Kevin and Bean in the morning, um, RIP Bean. Um, but one of the things and one of the, the best stories about, uh, Deathly Hallows is that as a joke they straight up said oh yeah Harry's gonna die in the in the last movie um and this is like the day that the movie came out and then Harry Potter dies in the movie and you know he gets resurrected so he doesn't actually die but um Kevin and Bean having never actually read these books and maybe having not even seen most of these movies as a joke I think Kevin said this like oh yeah like Harry Potter dies in this one and then of course when he dies they got all sorts of like backlash and people were so upset because he ruined the movie and he gave you always spoilers and they, they had to come out and apologize and be like that was a joke we haven't seen this movie uh i had no idea that he was actually gonna die so that to me was just it's great and i think um that something like that something where it's a joke and you inadvertently spoil something and can just piss people off I, that just to show that just goes to show the connection that people made made to these movies and um I mean, if you've never seen them or if you have younger kids and you just want to show them something um, that's going to capture their imagination, I mean, you can't go wrong than, than, than Harry. You can't do worse than Harry Potter, you know? These movies, like I said, um, they're extremely well done and, and they're, they're really good. Um, so that's, that's it for today. I think next time we're going to be continuing um, with the 1970s and... Um, after the 70s, we're going to be going to my favorite decade, the 80s, and basically doing the, redoing the whole 80s. See you next time.